Hello and welcome back to episode 7 of the WD18 podcast. I'm delighted to welcome former Watford and current Aberdeen defender Tommy Hoban to the show. Tommy, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the pod and as we were just saying, it's been a busy period for you moving from Downey up to Aberdeen. But how, how's it going at the minute, mate? Are you all good? Yeah, no, I'm all good. It's um, Yeah, it's been a sort of a crazy couple of months really, so... Obviously, with all the the COVID stuff, I was uh, yeah kind of in lockdown like everyone else back home. Um, still just kind of finishing off my rehab, trying to get fit. Yeah, I got a call from Aberdeen, got the chance to to come up here in the back end of June now, so uh, about two and a half months ago. Obviously, yeah, I've been up here before, and it obviously didn't go quite to plan the first time with um, with injuries and stuff, but. Um, I had good memories of the club, you know, I enjoyed my time sort of here, got on well with the manager, the boys and stuff, so once they sort of offered me to, to come back up, it was kind of a no-brainer for me, really. Could you have kind of envisaged a, a better start? I know you, you, you featured on the bench, but I think it's two starts, two clean sheets, two wins, and also SP, SPFL Team of the Week, so I mean, it's not, not too bad. Yeah, no, it's been, um, it, has, it has been a really good start, I mean... Um, yeah, to be honest, it's, it's been so long now since I sort of last played. I'm just trying to enjoy sort of every minute out on the pitch, and um, I, yeah, obviously it's I've had, I've put in I think two you know fairly decent performances, con- especially considering how long I've been out. But you know, I still feel like there's a lot for for me to still improve on, and I, I thought there's a lot more to sort of still come and stuff. But but yeah, no, it's definitely been a, a great start, probably. <laughs> Um, better than I, I probably would have imagined but um, hopefully we can sort of continue that now because there's actually quite a good team up here to be honest like you know, compared to well even last time I was up here we had a strong squad but I think the squad's you know definitely stronger now there's about 24 25 first team players so a lot of competition and um, got a good good couple draws in the Europa League coming up as well we got a Viking FC away next week and if you we beat them and we've got sport in Lisbon away in the, the round after that so tasty class few man. exciting ones to look forward to yeah exactly well, um, wouldn't have got that F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean hope, hopefully yeah. soon hopefully soon um, yeah. but uh, obviously, a lot of people make the comparisons between the the Scottish game and the English game. What would you say is the biggest difference from your time in the Championship compared to now in the SPFL? Yeah, the Championship is probably definitely a overall a, a higher standard. Um, I'd say I, I always say to people, I think there's kind of like three leagues in one up here. I think you know you've got your your Celtic and Rangers, which are in my eyes probably sort of low prem, like high Championship standards. Like on their day, they're you know they're they're good sides. Um, then there's probably the likes of you know ourselves, Aberdeen, you know Motherwell, maybe sort of you know the lower end of the champ to sort of high league one, and then you've got some other teams that are probably you know sort of league one, league two standards. So you do kind of get um, a real kind of mix up here, but um, it, it's definitely you know it's you know, I think the Scottish the Scottish leagues in general probably get a bit of stick down in England. You know people think you know they're they're nothing compared to sort of the English leagues and stuff, but it's definitely still you know. A good standard a good level of football and you know you get a lot of if you look at a lot of players that have come up to Scotland done well and then gone back down to England and their careers have really kicked on so it's um you definitely get some good players up here yeah has the club changed since you were last there I'd imagine the squad's changed a little bit but in terms of maybe just the infrastructure or is it does it feel exactly like coming home again or is it a completely different club oh no it's actually it's completely different so the first time I came up we were um, so every day we'd we'd go to the stadium and get changed there. That's where you'd have like your food, get your showers, and sort of get ready for training or stuff like that. And then we'd uh, jump on minibuses and would have to go about ten minutes to the to like these local pitches, 
which um, I did find a bit strange. I'm not going to lie, going from obviously Watford, where it was, you know, Premier League club and everything's like literally everything's done for you. You know, you turn up every day, you've got, you literally have to think about anything. You're, you're carried to training literally <laughs> by, by like the interns and stuff. But um, but yeah, so that was obviously very different. But now they've um, they've built a new training ground up here, you know, state of the art, really good gym good um you know changing rooms uh, about four sort of really good pitches as well so it's it's you know i'd say the equivalent of a, a championship club sort of training ground back down in england so it's uh the club's definitely you know they uh they've invested a lot of money and and one i think they definitely want to get a bit closer to the celtic and rangers and start challenging them a bit more sort of in years to come so uh yeah I, I think a perfect place for me to be at sort of this stage in my career and you know to sort of kickstart things going again really you touch on Watford there Tommy I mean I think speaking on behalf of all Watford fans it's great to see you back playing do you, when you when you think about your time at the club is it is it a positive one or is it maybe frustrating to an extent that it maybe didn't go for as long as you may have wanted to I'd say when I probably 18 months ago when I left and stuff uh, if you'd asked me then I'd probably say something different to what I, you know what I'm going to say now but when I think back to my time at Watford you know, I can't I, I can't really say anything bad about you know the club like my time there it was it was incredible like obviously I when they signed me at sort of age 14 when I'd just been let go from Arsenal and um, at that stage you know I was obviously quite down after sort of having been let go and I think I went for a trial at, at Spurs didn't get in there and then you know thankfully Watford sort of took a chance I mean at the time I probably wasn't I was probably a bit behind some of the other boys in terms of sort of growing and stuff like that. I don't know if you remember sort of Nick Cox. The academy. Yeah, he was sort of yeah. head of the academy at the time and um, he was brilliant for me. And Dave Reddington, our sort of under-16s coach, and I sort of really kicked on sort of at that stage. And yeah, as I say, like my time at Watford started then and like, you know, from under-16s, like tournaments in the Milk Cup to, you know, our Youth Cup run, like, and then obviously breaking into the first team uh, that season with Zola, you know, then the season getting promoted. Like, I've just got so many good memories. You know, I could talk about them for, for hours, really. So, obviously, the, the, the final few years were, in, you know, incredibly frustrating. And I, I do, you know, believe sort of deep down that I probably could have gone a lot further, Um you know, at the club without without sort of the injuries and stuff. But you never know, like funny things happen in football. There's obviously been players that have, you know, gone and come back before. So you never know if I can, you know, have a good couple of years, good few years. Who knows if I can one day fulfil that potential at Watford, you know, because the club obviously, it really does mean, the club means a lot to me and will always have a, you know, a special place sort of in my heart. Uh, I, I do think, uh, I mean, again, on behalf of all supporters, I mean, we'd all be buzzing if you eventually came back. But... I mean, looking at looking at you know like your time there, you enjoyed it in the dressing room. Which teammates yeah. are you still friends with from there? I mean, we uh, we interviewed Jonathan Bond and he said he's still good mates with you. Uh, anyone yeah. else in there? Yeah, so I'd say the three. Um, make sure I don't leave anyone out here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the three sort of probably that I'm closest with that you guys would all sort of be aware of who are kind of either in the first team or close to it would be Bondi, um, who I speak to probably still most days, really. I'm kind of in a running conversation with him on WhatsApp constantly. <laughs> um, Bernard, Bernard Mincer, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, so he's, he's another one, very good player. Obviously, it didn't quite work out for him at Watford, but, um, you know, we sort of came through the youth team together. I still see Bernard um, quite a bit as well. And uh, Lu- uh, Luke 09. Oh, yeah, he's, he's at Sunderland now. He's Sunderland now, Yeah, so... Um, them three I, I still speak to you know 
very regularly and um obviously luke's luke and luke's flying at the minute he's on his way to becoming a sunderland legend i think yeah he is and he's, <laughs> he's just yeah. um he's just had a boy hasn't he well yeah he hasn't given he birth has. to the boy but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no uh, little i think it's a girl actually. oh go sorry girl. Oh. yeah <laughs> congratulations though, anyway. J- 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 yeah, J- jacob yeah. having a mare there <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let him know you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Pass, pass, pass on the message. You think she looks like a boy? <laughs> but yeah, just going, just going back onto onto Watford, Tommy. You featured re- obviously regularly in the 2014-15 season. I think it was 30 appearances in all competitions. Was that season potentially the, the highlight of your career? Yeah, well, obviously, I think the yeah, I'd, I'd say the the 14-15 season would probably have to be the highlight. I mean, that whole like promotion journey was just sort of incredible I I played a little bit I think at the start of the season then I didn't play for probably two three months too much was kind of on the bench a lot and then I think around Christmas time I kind of got in the team and had quite a good run then towards the end of the season but it was um yeah I mean that like that that day at Brighton you know I'll, I'll never forget oh, that that was my, just oh it was it was incredible <laughs> like I mean were you were you both there or yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember I, I was seeing it back on the TV with uh I mean you and Bondi running onto the pitch together when Vidra got oh, that yeah, second goal yeah. that's oh yeah, my, yeah. what a day <laughs> the jubilation when Vidra put that away and he was like the coolest man in the stadium when oh, he was celebrating I was like Vidra smiled mate and he was just like he was, he well, was to be so honest, composed in front to be of honest, he was saying he was the coolest man in the stadium as soon as I've seen like that it was him going through on goal there was no doubt that you know the ball was really? going back there like he, if you wanted anyone in that situation it's always going to be him like, especially at that time like that season and um and then when he was there before um that sort of 2012 13 season i mean he was just so like in a, in front of goal like he was just if he was on it and you know on form it was you know there was only ever going to be one outcome really is he probably the um the best finisher you've seen at watford i, I don't want to not say troy and then he listens to this and then <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking I, obviously yeah, all, all three of them. I mean, on their on their day when they were confident, they they're all three sort of top finishers. But I'd say, I'd say yeah, like Matty when he was when he was really really on it, he was he was you know properly on it, and he probably just had that sort of natural kind of look about him. Then you know Troy was Troy's just you know Mister Consistent like with with Matty and he, even um, Igalo like they'd have their off days, whereas you know Troy very rarely had an off day and. You know he's gonna get. He was getting us, you know, twenty plus goals for what four or five seasons on the bounce there. And you know you could always rely on Troy. And then um, yeah, it got obviously Odium was just he was the sort of had the special bit of you know flair, the tricks and all that, which obviously all you guys as the fans love. And um, <laughs> the scoop. And he exactly yeah. had the hollow <laughs> scoop. Yeah, I mean in, you you saw it in games. I was on still of it in training, sort of day in day out. Like you think. Literally, he's done it twice. Think right, he's not going to do it again. Then yeah. there's me sliding off the pitch. And he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's done it again, but um, but yeah, and then uh, but yeah, he's obviously gone on to you know massive heights, being at Manchester United and stuff. The kind of stuff we all dream of as players. So, um, so yeah, there's definitely been some good strikers at Watford over the years. The 13-14 season under Zola and Sanino, obviously, it was a bit underwhelming having got to the playoff final the year before. Would you say the biggest problem that season was not having Vidra? I'd say it probably definitely, you know, had an impact on it. Um, he obviously, yeah, because he he, I suppose that 12-13 season, he made such an impact on you know not just Watford but the whole league, and obviously got his um, it was it was West Brom he went to after that, wasn't it? Yeah, it's West Brom. Yeah, yeah. see, so, yeah, and he got his move to West Brom, and it probably did maybe disrupt the team a little bit. We obviously signed new players, and it takes a while for people to kind of gel and stuff, but. Um, 
I know. I think I think that that was probably part of it. But then sometimes in football, you know, you have a good season and you kind of think, right, we can just carry on and kick on. But you know, you forget all the other teams are, you, you know, they're going to come back, work even harder to sort of get back up to where they were after they've had a bad season, you know, so to speak. And um, in some ways, even though that was a disappointing season, I think that was what we needed to then really kick on again the next season. I mean, we had the sort of, you could say, 2012-13, we almost did it. 13-14, we probably thought, right, like this year we're just going to do it because, you know, we were really close last year and then it, it didn't work. And then um, obviously after that disappointment, we probably worked even harder than the next year. And, um, and then finally... You know, it it all it all paid off, and we you know finally got promoted. For you personally, that season, Tommy, I remember. Obviously, you're naturally a centre half, but I remember Slav played you at left back. What what was that like, and what did Slav kind of demand from you in that system? Do you remember that yeah. run at Rotherham, the run at Rotherham away when you set up Minari and got round about got, half of I the Rotherham players? I, I, I do remember that very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, that was actually under Sanino, I think. I think I was. Yeah, that, he yeah. was still there at that time, wasn't he? Yeah, I was. That was the uh, famous Lloyd Dyer. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I remember that. that yeah, mad, giving him the giving him the ears and that, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sorry, yeah, just going back to your to like the left back. What 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 kind of demands did Slav put on you playing in in that system? Was it? Did you find it difficult? So, yeah, it was. It was um, definitely challenging at the start. I mean, I'd always played as a centre half, and I'm I'm right footed as well. So yeah, playing there was was definitely tough. But yeah, for, for me, like Slav was probably one of the best managers that I've actually played under sort of looking back at it in terms of he he made things sort of really simple um for me on the pitch so other managers sometimes they overload you with information and you know things can get a bit kind of you know complicated and stuff but I think he kind of knew that it wasn't my natural position but he saw in me probably traits and um aspects of my game that sort of really did suit that position especially at that time and um and in the sort of the system we were playing. So he, he would literally tell me, right, get the ball. This is what you need to do. You're like three passes. like And so I, I had sort of literally three options in my head every time I got the ball. He wanted me to play there, there or there. So I'd just look up, see which one was on and play it. And then defensively, he'd say, right, the ball's on that on that side. I want you here. As it comes across, you know, get out to, get out to the winger. I'd go onto the pitch with four or five pointers that I just had to remember. And it and it, it did make it quite simple for me. So um so I quite liked the way sort of yeah, you know, his sort of management style in that way and um and I think yeah, as as the season went on, the more I played there I I started to feel quite comfortable sort of playing left back and I've ended up playing there now for Aberdeen as well sometimes. I know obviously that we look back on that season as Watford fans, the famous kind of four managers season with uh Sanino, uh Garcia, McKinley and then obviously Yukanovic at the end was was Jukanovic exactly what we needed at that moment? Because obviously we're on to our fourth manager. And as you said there, it seems like he just made it really simple for the team and got the best out of pretty much everyone. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was a very, it was, I think, a very tough squad to, to come in to, to manage at that, at that time. Because then we had quite a lot of experienced players. You know, I think a lot of players that were worthy of starting week in, week out, who probably weren't playing uh, because the squad was so big. And it was definitely, you know, that's always a challenge as a manager, trying to keep everyone happy, especially when it's sort of senior players that you're having to sort of leave out and stuff. And um, yeah, Slav, Slav just came in and he, he he did, he just kept things really simple sort of on and off the pitch. The team was the team. If someone had a problem, you know, they'd go and speak to him. There wasn't any sort of, you know, like bullshitting people. And oh, I don't know if I can say that. Can I say that? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, all right. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh 
he uh yeah as, as i say sort of his his management style sort of was very simple so sort of on the pitch and off the pitch and that is i think exactly what that squad needed because the talent in the squad was you know incredible and you look back at the players what they've gone on to achieve after Watford a lot of them you know a lot of them at Watford as well you can see the quality in the squad so i think all it needed was um someone like Stav to come in and um and yeah sort of put that that kind of sort of simple management style on it and then the quality in the team sort of done the rest really so yeah and someone who played in both the 2012-13 squad and also the 2014-15 obviously went really close under under Jan Franco and then obviously Slab we did manage to do it in the end what do you reckon the main difference was was it just experience or was it maybe the mentality or was it just a better squad in general um it's hard to say because that, that season was over I think some of the football we played that year was oh it was incredible God. like yeah I'd say that <laughs> That, that that was probably the the best um, you know most exciting style of football that you know I've played in my career and obviously it was so early in my career but um, and Zola was you know an amazing manager as well like and the best in training as well I don't know if you spoke to any other boys but literally like he would be the best player in training really? whenever he joined <laughs> in like it's it's freaky it's like you couldn't get near him and he was still quite fit at that stage as well but um, but yeah I'd say I'd say I think overall the squad like the players that sort of stayed there obviously had a couple you know, extra years kind of experience on them going into that 14-15 season. And then we did, we had brought in, you know, the likes of Igalo and stuff. He scored some, you know, really important goals in that in that campaign. Um, you know, there was like like Daniel Toza, Minari, you know, quite oh, yeah. experienced heads. Ben, oh, ben Watson as well. Ben, of course. Like ben, ben only came in sort of halfway through that season. Even Matthew Connolly at the end. Matt Connolly, exactly. The promotion king who... <laughs> Is it about five promotions? I think he's had from the championship. Yeah, he's yeah, he's prolific. He's probably actually yeah. the only reason we did get promoted because he was there. Like he only ever gets promoted. So, <laughs> so um, so yeah, and then and obviously um, Adeline as well. Like, oh, so, yeah, I'd say, I, oh, yeah, brilliant. exactly, yeah, and great guy as well, lovely guy. But um, but yeah, I'd say, I'd, I'd so I would say the squad was probably you know, of a slightly higher level that um, 14, 15 season. But then, and then m- maybe the 2012, 13 season, we probably overachieved just because of, you know, Zola got us playing some fantastic football and um, it was probably a shock to the whole championship, you know, the, the way we played and the different style of players that came in that year, obviously from Udinese and stuff. We, we talk about how good Slav was, but what's it like playing under four managers in one season? Because, I mean, obviously the press seem to hate us for it. One minute you're in favour with the manager, the next you have to prove yourself again. Billy McKinley comes in eight days later, starting again from scratch. Just, I mean, what yeah. was it like at that time? Yeah, it was It was definitely tough. I mean, um, especially at the time as a young player, I was, you know, probably a bit silly sort of thinking back to it now. But I used to feel like, oh God, like it's even harder on me because... Yeah, when a when a new manager came in, they kind of instinctively tended to sort of revert back to the more experienced players. Whereas I was quite young at the time, and sort of every time I felt like I was just proving myself to a manager, he was gone. <laughs> and it's like some somebody else was in, yeah. but um, but that's you know that's probably just me just being a bit young and and um, you know, oh why me? Kind of the poor poor me kind of story. Which as I've got older in football, you know, that's you can't think like that ever and. There's always a reason, and I probably wasn't ready at the time when their managers were coming in, and eventually I did prove myself to them. So you know that's just the way it, the way it kind of was. But um, so yeah, it, it definitely is tough, and obviously every manager has their their own sort of systems as well that you kind of just get used to, and then um, you know a new manager comes in, wants you to play a completely different style of football, a completely different way. 
So it's um, it, it was tough, and I think it shows, you know, gives even more credit to how good the squad was that year. The, the fact that we had so much change but still um, you know obviously we're able to get promoted individually Tommy as well I mean you won young player of the season that year as well that must have been a really really proud achievement for you yeah no definitely it was um, yeah obviously that's any kind of reward like that is always special and um, obviously to get it in promotion season was pretty special but I think that season I kind of I almost won it by default because I think I was the only young player that actually played <laughs> more than more than about five five games. Then I also actually won it two seasons before, and that one meant quite a lot as well because I'd I, I got injured halfway through that 2012-13 season, but I'd been playing sort of regularly mm. up until Christmas. And um, the fact, obviously, I don't know who picks it. I'm not sure if it's the manager or whoever, but the fact I was sort of in that in that team, you had like sort of obviously Sean Murray was still playing a bit. Um, Christian Batocchio, people like that. Oh. Vidra, Vidra as well, but I think he probably won player of the year. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> well, not the only reason I got it. But um, but yeah, but so that, that one was um, quite special as well, obviously, and that was my breakthrough season, so I was happy to, to win it that year as well. We've got the championship season starting on Friday, and uh, the question a lot of Watford fans are asking are, you know, what does this team need to have to get promoted? So, I mean, I think for the rest of this, we're going to go through each position in the team, the four, so the goalkeepers, the defenders, midfielders and attackers. And if you could just okay. tell us what each of them had. So, I mean, the goalkeepers that season were, we had Gomez, Bondi and Gil Martin, was it, the third one? Yeah. Uh, what, really, what, yeah. What, do you think, what do you think Ney had? Gomez was the experienced one. Bondi was the sort of young, hungry one. And then Rene sort of in between the two, really, had been around yeah. for a while. Like they kind of, um, it was a good mix and they were sort of, you know, able to push each other on, you know, in training sort of day in, day out. Like Bondi probably improved a lot, sort of learning off Gomi. And then at the same time, because Bondi was so hungry to play, that was keeping Gomi on his toes and, you know, he was having to make sure he was performing. And obviously, I, I don't think Gomi needs to be reminded to make sure <laughs> that he needs to perform. I mean, he does it, you know week in week out without um he doesn't need anyone to be pushing him but but Bondi was anyway and I think yeah that competition probably helped uh you know keep this their standards up to a high level and um and I think at, at that time as well Gomi probably hadn't he, he came to Watford having not sort of played too much before so kind of really wanted to sort of prove himself again so um that was uh you know that was his sort of personal sort of motivation and desire as well and I think that's always important for you know, all players to have, uh, you know, that sort of inner sort of fire to to really want to impress and, you know, show how good they are. And then obviously their performances will then improve and then that's only going to improve the team's performances as well. So, yeah. We were, we had a lot of depth up, up front, but I also felt there was quite a lot of depth at the back as well. Oh, there was a, there was, there was yeah. a lot of depth, believe me. <laughs> I, I was, I'm well aware of the amount of depth there was in that defence. <laughs> I mean, just to, just to list a few, we've got um, Angela, the song, I think, who was on loan yep. at the start of the season, yep. Hugh Dill, Cathcart, um, yourself, obviously. Extrand, Matt Connolly then came in as well. Oh, so many. You're forgetting one more as well, Lloyd. Oh, Lloyd as oh, well. How could we forget how Lloyd? How could we forget <laughs> What a legend. He won't be happy with that. <laughs> Paredes, Paredes. Paredes, well. I mean, oh, really so good, just so many. How difficult was the competition just because of how much quality we had? It was very tough. Yeah, very tough. I'm not gonna, I mean, I felt like if I didn't perform one game, you know, I'd be out of the team. So, every, you know, I, I felt like I had to perform, but it probably wasn't just me thinking that. Um, everyone was thinking that. And I think that's, that's why that team did so well. I mean, every position, there was so much competition. 
you know you couldn't afford to have a bad game so um so that really did um yeah for myself anyway you know I knew I had to be on it sort of every game and I think everyone else would have felt the same way and uh and it was tough obviously being being a young player as well at that time you know with the more experienced boys you kind of you think oh this manager's going to pick them or you know <laughs> stuff like that but um as the season went on I sort of I felt like I probably matured a lot that year and realized that you know I am going to play I was going to get games other people are going to play they're going to get games you know it's a long season there's a lot of people get knocks you know the manager changes the team and Slav did actually change the team quite a lot you know change the system so people were getting to play and um I, yeah I think it as as frustrating as it can be when you're sort of in the middle of it and if you're not picked one game when you look back I think that squad depth is is crucial to you know getting getting out of the championship, especially with the amount of games there is. As I said, the squad depth for the back was good. The midfield, I mean, we could talk about it for hours. I mean, Alman, yeah. oh my goodness me, oh, what a player! What, 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 <laughs> how good, how good was Alman like in training as well as well as matches? Oh, he was so good. He was just so he was just so chill, wasn't he? Like you just looked at him. It was, just, <laughs> it was like he was walking down like walking down the beach, sort of every session. Like he'd just stroll out as if. Literally, like, I, it was me in the gym like an hour before getting myself ready, like getting up for every session. And then Alman's just, yeah, just, you know, rolling out there, just got his, got his cigar out, like, just, you know, every session. The but professor. Literally, yeah, the professor. Yeah, that's what everyone called him, wasn't it? But he was, um, he was, he was a quality guy as well, Alman, and just, yeah, just like such a good player, just so calm. And he always made the right decisions, sort of, when the ball came to him, like, he knew when to. He keep it simple, and then obviously see that killer pass, and then and then he had that that whip from the edge of the box as well, where he scored a few, oh, few decent goals. Well, away. He? So, oh, yeah, I remember that well. one. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. That was it. Was there maybe a player in the squad that you think maybe was underrated by the Watford fans that we maybe didn't appreciate as much as we should have? Um, I don't know. Will you r- remind me of a few names? I, I think Akechianya. I thought he was underrated. Oh, okay, well, I always rated Akechi very highly. Like he yeah. was. Um, he was so fit and worked so hard, honestly. Like he's the kind of player that you'd always want to be sort of in your team. Like and like if I was playing sort of you know, we played three at the back a lot. If Fakechi was the wing back, yeah, I'd be happy because I know that he'd always if I was struggling to get back, he'd be come steaming past me, you know, covering me, whatever. Like he would always put in them sort of hard yards and stuff. And so yeah, I'd say if if he was under underrated, like you know, definitely wasn't by me, and um, well then then yeah, he's the kind of player that should definitely get more sort of credit and stuff. And but I think he, you know he did. I mean, people, the football world obviously saw it because he obviously ended up getting um, called up to the Scotland national team and was like a crucial player for them for two or three years as well. And yeah. and then obviously when he left Watford, got um, got a move to Derby. Probably didn't quite work out there, but you know the fact you know, them clubs were sort of interested in him. I think the football world definitely, you know, was aware of his ability and stuff. And and, and he's and he's a great guy, Ketchy, as well. Like, I love Ketchy. Really nice guy. I haven't spoken to him in a while, but um, but he's, uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't speak highly enough of him. That's it. That's really interesting, actually. I would probably say from, I don't know, I thought Minari was slightly underrated. He'd always chip in with a crucial goal, Minari. Yeah, he was. He was, again, yeah. it was hard because, because he, um, I guess there was so much competition in that sort of, that midfield role, he probably didn't play maybe as much as um, as he, he probably should have done or, or could have done. And uh, but yeah, as you say, he was he was a really good player and another really sort of calm one. So he'd been there, done it all before. You know, played at the highest level in Italy, and uh, so he was he was a, he was a good player. I actually I enjoyed playing him. He was he was quite like a 
like a calming influence on the pitch. Like he, he um, just kind of settled you down. Obviously, at the time I was quite, I was still quite young, and you know there'd be games if I hadn't played for a while, I'd come here, I'd be quite nervous. He, yeah, made me feel quite relaxed and stuff on the pitch. So, uh, yeah, he was another good one. Yeah. I have to ask you, Tommy, before we before we let you go, what did you uh, what did you make of your chant when you were a Watford player? <laughs> oh, what Tommy Owens having a party? <laughs> I, I still sometimes sometimes I might have a bath and I'll sit there and sing it to myself sometimes just to Brilliant. <laughs> get myself going did, again did, did you ever have one though like with with, uh, with Ben Watson and Minari of course I mean, oh, we, we had loads <laughs> every every Friday night before the games in the Oceana <laughs> yeah uh, just a question a lot of fans are asking at the moment is regarding Troy Deeney with his future I mean it's uh, it's in question at the moment how big is his influence in the in the dressing room I mean you saw it in the championship and at the start of the Premier League era, what is he like behind behind you know behind the cameras? I've known Troy since he joined when was it twenty two thousand ten when he joined? I think yeah, twenty ten. Yeah, and yeah, so I've sort of seen his whole kind of journey sort of through Watford, and um, he he is he basically he is Watford really. To be honest, I can't yeah I can't I can't say anything else other than that. I mean his. Um, his whole story is just incredible like from where he was like he, I think he almost left the club as well sort of back in I think 2013 or no 2011 sort of the year after he came and obviously you know his whole everyone knows his story and stuff but the way he sort of developed as I think a player and as a captain was was incredible I mean he's definitely in my opinion a better captain sort of now than he probably was when he first got the job like there's definitely a few times I'd <laughs> Yeah, he'd done my head in sort of on and off the pitch with, really? with, with, oh yeah, all like, you know, not in a, in a bad way, just in like a normal, you know, football kind of way. We've just winded you up. He, literally, as be, be, being a young player as well, I'm sure you can imagine like sort of coming through <laughs> when you got Troy doing, you know, saying this, that and everything, but always trying to get in my head. Never obviously got in my head. Like he, he might, <laughs> he obviously say differently, but, um, but yeah, but no, honestly, he's, um, I can't speak highly enough of, you know the impact that he has on the team. I mean, you know, there'd be times if the teams if the teams losing at half time, he'll be the one going around, sort of getting everybody back up, getting everybody on it. He's, you know, he's always he speaks to everyone at the training grounds. He, you know, knows all the young boys, knows all the staff. He's um, he he really has you know like developed as probably a person and a captain. And um, yeah, it was a it was a pleasure to to play under him and. Yeah, as I say, probably at the time, maybe I didn't appreciate it as much. But as you get older, you start to sort of, you know, appreciate what makes a good captain. Um, you know, once you see more of them in the game and stuff, and he he definitely was is one of the good ones. And um, and you know, his Watford career is incredible, and I think Watford are, are lucky to have had him over the past ten years. And I'm sure he'll get his statue outside Vicarage <laughs> Drive yeah. one day. So what you're saying about people, you know. You know, questioning him and stuff now. I mean, it, it yeah, that's that's normal in football. But give yeah. it if he if he does eventually leave, you know, give it a year or two. You know, people will look back and all they'll remember is you know the good times, and they'll definitely they'll definitely miss him. So, you know, I'd say to all the fans to you know to appreciate him while you still have him, and if he is still there this year, he's definitely the kind of person that will you know the kind of character you need to get out of the championship again. So. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd hope that the that the club do hold on to him if they if they do want to get promoted again. So yeah, <laughs> Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. I really do appreciate your time. No worries, I've probably no worries, kept you a little fine. bit longer than you you thought, but it's been a pleasure having you on. To so make sure you do go and give Tommy a follow, 
Um, if you are listening to this on YouTube, make sure you do subscribe. Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, you can find us all on there. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.